Welcome in. This is your Tuesday live chat for this week's WGC Dell Technologies match play and event very close to my heart. Absolutely love this. Love the thought process. Love the strategy. Love the unique nature of this golf tournament and what it presents itself in terms of fantasy and betting. Couple of quick things at the top. First off, get your questions, comments, concerns in. Get them in. We'll go through as many as we can over the course of the next hour. And before I dive into the questions and everything else that is coming up, there is indeed a bracket challenge. If you want to join the Rick Run Good Bracket Challenge, here it is. The link is in the description. The password that you need is Tiger. T-I-G-E-R. All lowercase. We are currently, and this is this is still crazy to me, for the second year in a row, the largest private league on PGATour.com. I can't believe it. It's awesome. I love it. I love even trying to grow it bigger. We're by far the, the, the largest private contest that they have going on right now. Amazing stuff. Um, I'm giving away prizes that are Rick run good related. So subscriptions, swag boxes, the boys over at CBS sports hooked me up with a uh, Paramount plus gift card. So I've got a hundred bucks to Paramount plus I can give away as well. Just a nice way for all of us to compete, keep track of it and show the PGA tour that this community wants this stuff likes this stuff, enjoys this stuff. That's uh, housekeeping item number one. So thank you very much if you want to get involved in that. Uh, housekeeping item number two is that we are indeed brought to you by Jock Market. That is Stock Market DFS. I'll talk more about them in a second. They're going with Punta Cana this week because of the way the software works. It has to be a stroke play event. So we are still on schedule for the 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time uh, Power Hour on Wednesday night. We're not going to move the date and time for that because we're still going to roll with Punta Cana. All right, let's jump into... This week, Sid says, would you rather bet at 50 to one Russell Henley, Will Zalatoris, Adam Scott, or Abe answer? I know there's others, but those are the few that I've narrowed it down to probably not answer. Probably. Um, I don't mind Henley. I think Henley's path is, is fine. I, I think Zalatoris is objectively the better play, but his, his path is, is really, really difficult here. And actually I guess I could show you the bracket. So, um, Henley's path is, is from, is from down here, right? Get out of group 14, which is a group that you could argue anybody could come out of, uh, hope that Victor or Will Zaltoris get upset out of group 13. And then you've got quite a, a little bit of resistance before you start getting into the final four. So probably one of those guys bet Bryson at 40 to one. This is the one event a year where you could justify just about anything. You know, Bryson in match play is a devastatingly difficult guy to, to play against, but I've got too many concerns around the wrist injury, the seven full matches, the volatile nature of this event could go very sour for him. He's in a uh, tier of, of the bracket in, in which could include John Rahm and Brooks Kepka. I just, I, I will not be betting that. Uh, hearing Xander is looking to be chalk this week as far as ownership projections go. Yeah. So I have him at 24%, him and Scotty Scheffler checking in as some of the highest, uh, owned golfers on the slate as of right now, where are you on him? Because I see him losing to any of the four in the next group says DFS chef. So let's look at the bracket and the path for Xander Shoffley. So he's right here. Uh, group seven. 
Shawfley, Finau, Herbert, Takumi, Kanaya. I am quite bearish on Xander, not for any real reason outside of his style of play, right? So you've got a guy who has a super high floor and a super low ceiling. Uh, that is really, really, really good for racking up top 10 finishes. It's not great for winning. And then when you start getting into match play where you could play your A minus game and get beat by somebody's A plus game, you really got to get lucky and you got to have your ceiling a lot of these matches. And I'm not sure Xander sets up well for that. Like, I think he'll be fine. Probably makes it out of his group. Probably puts up enough points. He doesn't get, you know, it's not like he's going to lose three matches here and go home, but I just wonder like at some point he's going to run into a ceiling from somebody else. And I think that's going to be difficult to overcome with the inherent volatility this week for one and done. Is it better to take a shot with mid tier versus potentially burning JT or Brooks? Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not burning a big boy here. Uh, and, and what you basically get is you can get uh, a second tier guy, I mean, think about Billy Horschel. Uh, I took Alex Norin, someone like that, even a Brian Harmon, a Bubba Watson, somebody with a lot of upside match play experience. A, It's too risky to try to play Rom or one of the headliners. You know, the headliners, the guy who are, who's the top guy in, um, in, the, in, in their group, only John Rom got out of it last year. One out of 16 got out of their group. The three years before that, there were only five guys. So it's really hard to try to burn a stud in this format because even if they get out of this group, it's no guarantee that they're going to be making a deep run. Biggie Ball says, is there an advantage to guys who miss short putts because they have to putt a couple of less this week? I appreciate the... Attempt, I don't think that's a real thing because if you'll if you know your guy struggles to miss short putts, you're gonna make him putt those. Uh, and it's certainly not gonna help Will Zal Torres. Victor already had a comment on Monday or Tuesday saying, I'm basically gonna make everybody putt everything out. Like, <laughs> don't 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 get it twisted. Also, this bracket that I'm showing you, there should be a link to this in the description. So if you want to go and uh, pull up this bracket. If you want a copy of this bracket, make sure you're logged into Google. If you right click on the tab that says bracket and click copy to, you can, you can put this in your own Google drive and you can have this bracket for years and years and years to come. So go ahead and do that. Uh, Jay-Z says, uh, Hova is pretty lost this week in one and done doing great. And all my leagues already have played Ram and Colin saving JT for the masters. Xander DJ, take a stab at Bryson. I'd almost prefer taking a stab at Bryson over burning somebody else. I, I like going with a Tom Hoagie, a um, Bubba Watson, an Alex Norin, someone like that, kind of that Adam Scott would be fine. Like a mid-tier guy who has a easy group and a path out of that to success. That's probably the way that I would go, Jay-Z. Uh, does it make sense in GPPs to purposefully aim to only have the ability for a five of six in the elite eight to achieve differentiation? No. The only thing that will achieve is less points for you. Um, you would need, I I'm not even sure. And I, I ran the numbers on this last year. I'd have to go pull them back up, but you would need to have a perfect final four uh, to win all the money, right? Because that's, what's going to have to happen. There, there is, there is little reason for you to try to be different by getting, by, by building suboptimal lineups when 41% of the field is already going to build suboptimal lineups. So you don't need to differentiate in that, in that sense. Um, there is a super chat here. So let me jump over to Nick, Nick. Thank you for that. Always welcome. Never 
required. He says, big fan. Thanks again for your help with a big win. Uh, DFS win at Valspar. Nice. Who do you have as your closest lock to make the final four? My final four will definitely look different. And thanks again, Nick, than a lot of the other people. Like I'm very much embracing volatility. What did we see last year? Who made the final four? Uh, Scheffler, Billy Horschel, Victor Perez, and somebody that I'm forgetting about. But it's just like, it's not going to be John Rom, Colin Morikawa, uh, Victor Hovland, and Patrick Cantlay. Like, that's not, it's not going to happen. Uh, I like the way Cantlay sets up, although I do have concerns over kind of seven matches. And sometimes, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. But I would probably say, I think my actual bracket has um, Brooks, Cantlay, Norin as kind of like a dark horse option. And then the, my bottom right is. It might be Victor, which is probably too much chalk to be to begin with. All right, let me get back in line here and uh, see if I can pick up where I left off. How would you take uh, account of previous Ryder Cup and President's Cup records? Basically zero, Hayden. It is a completely different format. You have guys out there on the golf course with you in the terms of captains, and it's just, it's just so, so different. I generally do not care. Is Kevin Kisner, Kisner a realistic one-and-done choice? Yes. Good day, Rick. When looking at putting, should I look at Bermuda, Bermuda Poa due to the overseat or neither just overall putting? Um, you should probably look at the overseed more often. However, I don't know if that's a highly ranked stat for this week. It's so crazy. You want birdie makers. You want high ceiling. Um, I'm not sure. I'd, I'm not sure how far down the list I'd have to go before I started considering putting splits. Uh, speaking of which, Hank Hill says, are there any stats you're really looking at this week or just guys with good match play results focusing on keeping the lineup optimal as well? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if you build uh, 150 optimal lineups or you build however many optimal lineups that you want, um, the you're already like ahead of 30 to 40% of the field. So you're already off to a good start. Then you look at match play record uh, since 2016, which is basically what we've had since uh, this event went to Austin Country Club. I think you're already off to a good start there. Then you start finding birdie makers and looking for high ceiling type of upsets. Now you've already, now you're like already kind of head and shoulders above everybody else. I'm not sure you need to go all that deeper, uh, all, all much deeper than that. You could look at Pete Dye stuff. You could look at kind of shorter courses. It's a 7,100 yard par 70. There are ways that you could do this, but um, you don't, you don't need to overthink it. Embrace, embrace the volatility here. Logan wants to know if I go with Morikawa and Rahm and DFS, should I avoid their elite eight groups and grab four guys from the bottom of the bracket to increase my chances in the final four? Okay. So all you need to do, if you're going with Morikawa and Rom, who are in groups one and two, you just can't play anybody who's in group 16 or group 15 either because they will immediately run into your golfer. So you need to at least have guys from non-adjacent groups. There was, in the past, I talked about having three guys from each side of the bracket. The math doesn't necessarily always support that as long as you just have six clear lanes to the elite eight. Uh, so the only thing that you can't do is have guys from adjacent groups. And I will tell you, um, building lineups by hand like this is it's, it's time consuming, which is why most people don't do it. And it's why in the past it has been such an advantage to build optimal lineups. So what I did this year is I brought back the match play optimizer on rickrungood.com. This tool I've already 
defaulted the rules into this. So if you go and look at the um, at the player groups here, I've already defaulted in all the player rules that you need. At most, one golfer from each one of the two adjacent groups. So one at most, one of Rom, Reed, Young, Munoz, Kepka, Lowry, Varner, and EV, EVR. I did that for every set. So if you just go in here and then make any other adjustments that you want and leave those player groups in there, you are going to build optimal lineups and you don't have to worry about anything else. So it's so easy now. You'd be silly not to take the huge advantage. Um, Hank Hill says, I know the scoring is different, but what does the optimal lineups for this event end up being? 600, 700? Uh, yeah, it's a lot because the guys that go to the final four, they play a lot of matches. I mean, imagine having a scenario where one guy plays seven matches and another guy plays three. It, you're going to have a huge discrepancy of fantasy points uh, being scored. So the guys that go to, to like seven matches, they're going to score like 140, 150 points, something like that, I believe is, is historically the amount that they've scored. So you're going to see some big time, some big time optimals. Um, before I move along, let me quickly remind you that we are indeed brought to you by the boys over at Jock Market. So Jock Market is stock market DFS. It is a very intriguing, fun, new way to get involved in fantasy and especially for golf. Golf and outright betting, you know, you got to be perfectly correct so often. You got to pick the winner. And jock market, it, it doesn't matter really what finishing position the golfer finishes in as long as it was better than their expectation. So, for example, you go look back at last week. There were guys with, what, 100 to 1 tickets on Davis Riley at the Valspar? Well, he lost in a playoff and you got nothing for that ticket. Uh, if you had shares of Davis Riley in the jock market, you paid $2 and 77 cents a share. He paid out 20 bucks a share. You made a killing off of Davis Riley last week. Even someone like Adam Hadwin Adam, my Adam Hadwin ticket went uh, sinking last week, but I made $7 and 60 cents a share uh, because that was better than his expectation. So it's just a different way to play. You can use the code Rick. It'll it'll get you up to a $50 deposit bonus. I have all this data for free on my website on rickrungood.com. So you can check out historical um, uh, historical markets and see how everything has, has, has panned out. All right. How owned do you think Bryson will be in one and done? Very low. Almost no one's used them yet, yet the course fit seems reasonable. Yep, yep, yep. I, I think that's probably more risk than I'm willing to take on, but you're right. If it, it, It's a path to being a lone wolf on a high upside golfer with Bryson. I probably won't do it, but I think he'll be very, very low owned. Hey, Rick, what do you think is going to be the biggest upset in group play? Also, what underdog are you rooting for? So here are uh, here's the bracket. I think I, I honestly think group seven, Lucas Herbert is quite interesting. Uh, Herbert coming out of the Xander, Tony Finau and Takumi Kanaya group. I'll tell you what, I, we already talked about Xander and kind of the non ceiling esque like that can kind of bite you in match play. Finau who struggles with the putter. I could see him getting bounced, which means you could get Herbert who is kind of a short game specialist, right? And when you're first in, when you roll a putt in, 
in match play, you become a tough out. So that that is an upset I could potentially see. And the other one is from the other side of the bracket. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes at a group eight has my full attention. You know, Wolf has a lot of question marks. DJ has a lot of question marks. Homa's fine, but Mackenzie Hughes got out of his group last year. Again, he's going to do it with the with the putter. A shorter Pete Dye course is a, probably one of the better setups for him. I I think um, those two out of the opposite side of the bracket have me have me kind of interested. Worth taking a stab at Siwoo at 95 to one. I won't, but you can, again, you can, you can justify literally anything in the match play. I will draw the line there. How do you feel about Hoagie this week? I love it. He's coming out of a, a, a very good group in group 12. He's a flusher. He's going to give himself a lot of birdie opportunities. And, uh, I do, you know, he's going to run into a tough out in the sweet 16 if he does get out of group 12, but I actually already bet uh, Hoagie to get out of group 12 at, I think I got it at plus 250. Yeah, 250. Happy match play, says Trevor. Curious to know how you typically fare in these match plays for DFS. Um, quite well. So I, I, I'm telling you, it's not hard. Once you build, this is, I'll, I'll kind of overextend this week. Once you build um, optimal lineups, you are head and shoulders above everyone else already. Think about it. You just don't limit yourself on points. And it's something that we know before the tournament starts. It's not like we're waiting for in, in the tournament. So I've done quite well. I believe uh, my second biggest win came in a match play event. Uh, I also did quite well in a tour championship and the Masters uh, a few years ago. But the match play has been a consistent moneymaker for me just because of how few people are actually going to get this right. And then if you try to find the right combos, you're, you're kind of in business. Thoughts on core cascading this week. Oh, I don't, I honestly, I haven't done it. I don't know. I, it's probably, I mean, you just have to make sure as long as your core cascading, well, your core would have to be, no, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like it. I think it's too much risk on six guys that might not make it out of the group. And then you have to make sure to swap into guys from adjacent. I don't, I don't know if I like that. I don't think I like that. Uh, how do we feel for Gooch for one and done? That's a good one. Hit Sam Burns one and done last week. Not a big Cantlay fan, but thinking about using him here. My only concern is that he looks pretty lost ball striking wise at the players. Yeah. Cantlay's kind of weird, but I, I, I love him in this situation. In fact, when you go, when you see my bracket revealed tomorrow, you're going to see that I have Patrick Cantlay winning this thing. And I'm, I'm nervous about it, but I'm going to take it on. Um, I think using him in one and done is, is too much. Ownership, ownership, ownership. The ultimate differentiator this week. Who's some of the low-owned guys outside the obvious ones? Yeah, so I've got all the uh, projected ownership here. Kind of go tier by tier. I would say DJ out of the 10s. Uh, Brooks and Bryson out of the 9s. Um, uh, Hor uh, Horschel Fitzpatrick. Anybody who's in that like group five is is going to be fairly low owned. Sung Jay in the eights, Finau like three and a half percent out of the sevens. There there are some definitely some some leverage spots. The the groups of death. What we've seen historically. So like this year, I would consider um, I would consider group five and group 10 to be the toughest groups, uh, or at least that's the, the consensus around the industry. They're going to be lower owned than they should be uh, just because people aren't going to want to take on a heck of a lot of risk. So you don't have to be too heavily leveraged on those guys. Any thoughts on making studs the solo person in a lineup from the region? 
while having the value plays in similar regions meet in the elite eight since odds are longer to get there. Any thoughts on making studs the solo person in a lineup from their region to get to the final four while having the value plays in similar regions? Um, I think I'm understanding Devin and I think that's fine. I'm not sure it's a huge edge. As long as you have six paths to the elite eight, and I see, I think I see what you're doing, trying to give the studs a even clearer path. But I don't think it's going to matter. I don't know though, because if they do, because if someone's going to lose in the elite eight from your lineup, like you know that, or, or I guess in the, I'd have to run the numbers, Devin. I don't, I don't think it matters off the top of my head, but it's an interesting concept. I answered that one. Five and 10 are the hardest groups, in my opinion. Hey, Rick, do you have any favorite lower-owned players in each quad uh, or flip side? Any higher-owned guys that you think are a fade? Okay, so let's just go back to the bracket here. So uh, flyers that I would be fine with out of each quad. Uh, Cam Young and Mackenzie Hughes out of the upper left. The bottom left, I'm fine with uh, Keith Mitchell. Which which hurts me because Cantlay I think wins it, but like Keith Mitchell I think is a great setup. I hate that he's in this group. Keith Mitchell and Tom Hoagie out of the bottom left, upper right, um, Norin and Lucas Herbert, and then bottom right I think Leishman and anybody in Group 14. Maverick McNeely, McNeely could make a run at 14's wide open. 14's wide open to me. So. Those are some guys I would I would target. Okay, so Ken, I might have already covered this because I'm a little bit behind on questions. He says, can you run through the explanation for the optimizer setting rule? So yeah, if you're new, if you're just checking it out, uh, it just says you can take at most one golfer from each one of the adjacent groups. Okay, so it won't let you take two from group one. It won't let you take two from group one uh, and group 16 together. It, it won't let you do it. So then you can go through and adjust any other rules that you want. I think last year I put all the headliners in, in one group. And I said, no more than, you know, two of these guys or something like that, just to kind of really enhance the volatility. There's a randomness feature to it. You can upload your own projections. Um, you can, there's just a million things that you can do, but that's the default rules will not let you build lineups that uh, have two golfers from each of these eight adjacent groups leaving 3000 to 5,000 on the table in several optimal lineups. How much is too much to leave on the table? No amount. Seriously. I mean, go back and look at, go back and look at the history. I mean, Victor Perez making the final four last year. Um, there, there's just so many instances of lower seeds making runs into the elite eight. There's no amount of money that you can leave on the table. That would be too much. So yes, Zach says, do you recommend making as many lineup combos as possible this week? Been cold the last few weeks, but it seems like this might be the week to double down. Yeah, I don't generally like to say that double down, but like I, I will probably have more exposure this week than any other week, just because on day one, as soon as this thing kicks off, I know that I have an edge, even if, even if, and, and trust me, everyone has been like, Rick, don't tell the secrets all week. Shh, be quiet, be quiet. I've said this for five years. And we're still at 40% of the field screwing it up, right? So, and we haven't seen like a massive uptick in that in that number of people getting it right. So I think we're good here. Um, 
So I know from day one that even if even if 12%, 15% of people screw it up, we're like rake free at that point, right? Because they have no chance of winning all the money. So I will definitely be overexposed this week. What is your guess for number one seeds getting out of group play? Uh, I would take three or less. Hey, Rick, you mentioned historically that the favorite doesn't typically make it out of the group. What is the probability that the second favorite does? Uh, that would, I think Justin Ray might have tweeted this out, actually. Let me check real quick. Would, are you calling it the second favorite or like the B player? Because they're kind of they're kind of different. Let me see if Jay Ray tweeted this out. I feel like he did, but I don't know if it was exactly the question that you're looking at here. Okay, hold on. Players, this is Justin Ray Golf. Players to advance to round of 16, so that's winning the group, since pool play began. So the A player, that's uh, seeds 1 through 16, gets out 30% of the time. B player, 17 through 32, gets out 24% of the time. C player gets out 22% of the time. D player gets out 24% of the time. Guys, guys. 24 to 30% for all four guys. It's it's wide open. I'm I might go back and readjust my bracket. I might have too many guys coming out from the A group. It's just so wide open. Embrace, embrace, be crazy. Have you ever wanted to have Alex Noren win a bracket? Do it. You ever want to run uh Lucas Herbert to the final four, you sickos? Do it. This is the week. Come on, let's go. I know you preach optimal lineups, but what about taking two lower-ranked guys like Straka and Henley if both guys end up winning and facing off? I think you are laughing. I can assure you, you won't be laughing all the way to the bank. So so the hedge, I'm going to pick on you just a little bit. I appreciate the question. It's a good question, uh, but the answer is no. If, we, if, if a question starts with, I know you preach optimal lineups, but dot, 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 the answer is no. You're building, we're building optimal lineups. That's all we're doing. I understand what you're saying. It guarantees somebody into the elite eight. It's not, it's not. I've run the numbers on this. You got to trust me. It's not going to work. Um, don't do it. Eric says, I did a WGC match play contest with a draft of 16 people. I had 13, uh, the 13th pick. Ended up with Casey M, Bradley, Munoz. Do I have a shot or am I dead? Casey's in a tough group. Sungjae's in a horrible group. Keegan is okay, actually. And Munoz is in a horrible group, but can get hot. You're not dead, but man, you got a, you got a tough draw there. Uh, hey, Rick, sorry if this was asked already, but what was last year's six of six and five of six to the round of 16? Uh... I, I had this handy, but I don't have it handy anymore. I will try to retweet it. Um, it's very small. Hey, Rick, I'm making 150 with an optimizer. Should I be using all 64 golfers? Are you Xing anyone out of your player pool? Uh, this is kind of personal preference, right? You can do how much risk do you want to take on? If you want to try to cut out, I don't know, uh, Takumi Kanaya and Sep Straka and like try, I, I, I would almost prefer to cut out the the chalky guys like i would almost prefer this could kill me too like to just not play scotty scheffler so scotty scheffler who's going to be really popular um someone like xander shoffley who's going to be really popular even if they make it out of their group do they make a deep run and also if they don't make it out of the group you're kind of in business so i'm i'm 
it's personal preference. I would X out a couple of big names. Do you weigh recent form more or less in match play? Also, how's your March Madness bracket doing? Parker, good questions. Uh, I still uh, I still want recent form. Yeah, guys that are playing well, guys that are playing hot, guys that are ball striking it well. How's my March Madness bracket doing? Hmm. Based on what people's comments were on Thursday morning, you'd think that it would be in the bottom 2%. As we enter the Sweet 16, it is in the 77th percentile, meaning that it is way better than the average. Uh, but here's what I want to, here's what I want to say. If you feel the need to go back and comment on someone's YouTube video, uh, after Kentucky loses and say, well, this bracket is burned. You should probably wait until like the bracket is actually burned because we're living high. I had a great second round. I, I mean, I know that can change. I know that can change. I'm feeling good. We got leverage spots, baby. Let's go. For uh, this one's for Oliver. Hi, <laughs> Lincoln. Thank you. More likely, Siwoo Captain Chaos uh, makes the final four or goes 0 and 3. Yeah, I mean, it's a Pete Die track. Uh, Siwoo's record around here. Oh, this is what I also forgot to mention. My apologies. So I have the um, I have the records here, uh, which you guys can go look through. If you go to right here, match play results, that's just free. So since 2016, I just I just put that out there. You can go look at the match play results. Um, Siwoo has not been has not been good. So I'm I'm probably out. I'm probably out on uh, out on Siwoo here. I'm doing a spring one and done. It ends at Valero, and I don't have I don't know who to use this week. Oh, it ends at Valero. Okay, so I guess you could just burn these guys. I have Cantlay, Bryson, DJ Zalatoris, and Berger at the top of my list. Who do you like, Zalatoris or Cantlay? Do you think every player will make Willie Z putt out every three to six footer? Yeah. Do you see Victor's comments? And Victor's in his group. Victor's like, yeah, like everybody's putting it out. <laughs> um, I've answered a lot of these, so this is good. Oh, here's my favorite. I'm assuming we've already we've already banned this guy. Hold on, let me find this comment. It says y'all ugly. It's not very nice. Fill with a fill with a super chat. Uh, don't forget about our boy Seamus. One hundred to one. That's easy money. Yeah, I'm actually of the, I'm of the mind that the pendulum has swung too far on on Seamus Power, and the number is now much too long. But he also does not have a great path out of here, does he? Uh, he's in the Sung Jay Cantlay Mitchell group. It's a gauntlet. I I love Seamus, and I'm ready to get right back on the power train. But um. I don't know. It's not this week. All right. Let me try to find my spot back here. Do you have a cheat sheet for the Corrales? Yes. It's on the homepage. What pod do you think is the best pod to Thor hammer the winner out of the pod? Is it John Rom pod? I have no idea what this means. What pod do you think is the best pod to Thor hammer the winner? I, what does that mean? Out of, like that the winner is going to come out of that group for sure. I have no idea what Thor hammer the winner out of the pot is. How dumb would it be for six guys from a left or right side of the bracket? Very dumb. You'd be very dumb, John. Very, very dumb. I cannot stress to you. I know there's a lot of questions like, but what if I do this? But what if I do that? And John, I'm not saying you asked that question. I'm, I'm telling you what the answer is. The answer is no more than one golfer out of each one of these adjacent groups. That's it. It's the end of story. There's no wiggle room. 
There's no, but what about this caveats? That's the answer. The math, the history, the eye test, everything aligns with it. I'm usually not this 100%, right? Like I don't have a lot of hot takes or whatever. Like that's, those are the rules. It's the rules. Um, you can have four from one side as long as they have four clear paths to the elite eight. So you could have John Rahm, uh, Richard Bland, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Sung J.M. Because they have four clear paths to the elite eight. They would run into each other there. That's that's the rule. Not sure uh, if you will get this question, but would it be smart to put an outright on every guy in the best group? Wow. Uh, wait, every guy in the best group, the best guy in every group, maybe that would be pretty dumb. That would be 16, 16 wagers. Uh, uh, no, I, I do not like that. So what I did is this, I have chosen my betting card as of this moment is one guy from each quad. It's Kepka, It is Norin. It is Victor. And it is Cantlay. I am then going to be heavily invested in the individual matches. Uh, because it's rare that we are going to get a situation where we saw all of these guys play the day before and they're playing common opponents, which is always fun. So I'm going to be heavily invested in the uh, individual matches. And then also, once we have the Sweet 16 verified, like you're still going to be able to get good numbers on some of these guys because they're still going to have to win, what, four more matches? So... I, I, I think starting with a small card pre-event and working your way out from there is the way to go. What happens to the bracket if Bryson WDs? Well, uh, everyone else in their in his group when they went to play each other would um, they would earn a forfeit win. We've we've seen that before. So say say Bryson uh, loses to Taylor Gooch and withdraws when he goes to play Lee Westwood. Um, Lee Westwood would get a victory. It'd be a forfeit from Bryson, uh, which would obviously screw up a lot of stuff. Hey, Rick, bring back the cut sweat show for the masters. I miss it on Fridays. I appreciate that pops. I, I will tell you not a lot of people watched it. So it's like, I, you know, it's, 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 it's like people liked it, but wouldn't, didn't seem to be going out of their way to be a part of it. Uh, unfortunately, Rick, how much do you weigh course history when it comes to this? Who are you picking for DFS this week? Uh, I, I could list out all 64 golfers. I'm going to have a lot of exposure to a lot of guys. Um, I weigh course history quite a bit. Do you still like Zalatoris to advance out? Advance if he has to put those putts out. Like he's gonna have to put the putts out. I don't know. Like if Victor Hovland sees Will Zalatoris with three and a half feet, uh, he's gonna make him putt it, right? So I, I don't, I don't. I'm not changing my opinion on Will Zalatoris because I think he's gonna get a couple of 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 18 inch gimmies. I don't, I don't think that changes the vibe. If you like Zalatoris, which I. I'm I'm lukewarm on. I think he's playing out of a horrible group. Um, or not it's not a horrible group, it's not a great group. I think the putting woes are a little bit concerning. And then I think he might have to run into group sixes and eleven are like low-key, kind of deep. Like if I show you the bracket, like I wouldn't be surprised to see Thomas Kisner, Leishman, List make a lot of noise, Spieth, Rose, Scott, Key. Like those two groups are kind of low-key deep. So I think I think bottom right is a uh is a tough place to come out of. Whoops. Uh, I lost my spot. Who is Mina's champ for the week? She'll have to slack me and let me know. Uh, I'll announce it. Would you 
be using she says Zalator, so she's not concerned about it either. Rick, would would using the head-to-head matchup play work for the final four? Would using the head-to-head match play work for final four? Boy, I'm not um not positive about that question. John says, Rick, I dream of gorilla pizza. Please tell me you've been lately so I can live vicariously through you. Have a great lunch. John, my friend, uh I haven't, I've been there. It's been a couple of months, but I love it. I will tell you this. I got to admit to you, Armina did not have a great experience there. They kind of burned hers. Mine was delicious. Mine was phenomenal. They burned hers. And I think it's got, it's kind of got her twisted a little bit. So every time I'm like, Hey, like, let's, let's go, let's go to gorilla. Let's get gorilla. She's like, ah, uh, no, no, I don't know. And then the other problem is it's so close to good pie. That we just end up going to Good Pie. So, John, the next time like Armina leaves town, I'll I'll go to Gorilla Pizza and uh, and get one. Russell Henley, Gooch, or Shane Lowry for one and done. Love the channel. You and Andy are golf encyclopedias. Wow, that is quite the comment. I've not heard that before. Thank you very much. Um, I would probably prefer Gooch because of the path. Although I do really like Henley as well. So here's Henley. And this is a group that's wide open. And I think Henley could come out of it 14. But is he going to run into Victor or Will Zalatoris in the next group? And then you have the same problem with group 6 and 11 being deep. If you go with Gooch, you have a group 9, which is a ton of question marks. And in fact, Gooch is almost the co-favorite of Bryson to get out of this group. Bryson's plus 220. Gooch is plus 225. So odds makers are not really... Um, giving a lot of respect to Bryson at the moment. And then if Gooch gets out of nine, I mean, group eight has a lot of question marks too, doesn't it? DJ, Homa, Wolf, and Hughes. And then if, if he advances out of that, I mean, 16 has a lot of question marks. Kepka, Lowry, Varner, EVR. And then group one is just John Rahm a lot of times. So I, I, I think the path from group nine is one of the best paths to the final four. So I, I think, I think, I think Gooch. Can you break down the match play history for the longer shots? Yeah. There, so that free tool on rickrungood.com, you can go through and you can, um, you can, you can click through here and, and, and see everybody's, uh, everybody's results dating back to 2016 and all that good stuff. You can click by group two, right? So here's group one, here's group two, all their stuff. Have fun. Thoughts on DJ? Um, lukewarm, Denton. I, I still, I see the greatness, right? You saw it at Sawgrass. You saw it in kind of the opening rounds at uh, Valspar. Had a couple of good stretches. Just hasn't been consistent. And um, that that kind of volatility, the, the spurts, if you, those spurts get timed at the at the right time, you're fairly dangerous in match play. So I'm I'm like a, Six out of ten on DJ. He has a really good group, but I I I'm not super thrilled. I'm just like kind of thrilled. Is Victor a stretch for one and done? He's played a bunch lately. I think the stretch for Victor and one and done is that you could use him in so many better spots. This is just such a such a random thing. Are you saying that five of six in the elite eight with a path for all four to the final four is not good enough to win the money, even with a low 6,000 guy in the final four? Are you saying that a five of six in elite eight with a path to for all four to get to the final four is not good enough to win all the money? 
No, probably not. Right? I mean, like, so you're going to have, because there's going to be a ton of six of sixes that have six in the Elite Eight. Um, and two of them aren't going to go up. If, if I'm understanding your correction question correctly, because I think this is based off a question you asked earlier about pairing guys like up together. Anytime you have golfers in your lineup that are meeting each other before they have to, you are giving money back to the field. So if I understand your question correctly, you can't do it. I Maybe I'm not understanding it, but you got to have six clear paths to the Elite Eight. That's it. You got to have six clear paths to the Elite Eight. Unrelated to golf, but how did you meet your wife? Uh, online. Yeah, everything online. We met on an app. We got together, played a little foosball. She was like, my God, he's amazing at this. And the rest is history. Hey, Rick, is it best to do three from the left uh, and right rather than four and two? Okay, so this we've talked about this in the past. Um, and I think even like as of two years ago, I, I would have preferred to have three on the left, three on the right. We, I, I worked with some really smart guys on this. We, it doesn't matter as long as you, as long as you, if you have four on one side and two on the other, it's fine. Um, you just got to have six clear paths to the elite eight. That that's it. Would I maybe slightly prefer just because my brain works that way? I prefer three and three, but I, it is mathematically the same. Hey, Rick, given how little people will get even five of six in the Elite Eight, do you think there's anything there to play the entire right side or left side of the board? No. No. What are your two least favorite groups to target in DFS? Okay, so this is actually... Um, here we go. This is actually an interesting spot for DFS because the groups of death uh, are generally lower owned than they should be, which means you can get highly leveraged. So like the groups that I don't like to play in DFS are the groups where everyone's going to pick the same guy. So like group one, like everyone's going with Rom. I could just avoid group one, right? Like that's, that seems to be kind of interesting. Or when everyone is going to go with, unfortunately, um, like, let me think here. Uh, where is, uh, where's Xander? Oh, over here. Like everyone's going to go with Xander. Like you could avoid group seven or, or pick somebody else in seven. That's kind of like doubling, doubling down on it as well. Is it impossible to not have some of your guys play each other in the Elite Eight? Is it impossible to not have some of your guys play each other in the Elite Eight? Uh, oh, it is impossible. Yes, it is impossible. All right. That's why I was so confused about that question. It is, it is impossible, right? Because if you have six guys in the Elite Eight here, okay, right? So one, two, three, four. Like, they, like there's nowhere for them to go. They're like two, like they're going to have to run into each other. Two of them could be, could be clear and free, uh, free and clear. Right. But you, you're, you're going to run into them. Is there a way to download the data from the optimizer this week so that you can edit each player's exposure? Yes, there is. So if you go to the lineup optimizer and you click upload data, uh, here is where you can either import all your information. You can upload a CSV. You can do all that fun stuff that you are, uh, you are looking for. Good luck. 
Hey, Rick, did last year's winning lineup have all six guys getting to the final four? Uh, no, I do not believe so, but they were built. So there's a big difference here. So uh, there is the idea that someone got six of six into the final eight, which I'm not sure that has happened, but I will tell you that all of the winning lineups were basically built in an optimal way, built in a way to allow that to happen. But I don't think anybody's actually ever done it. It's quite rare. So there's, there's a pretty big, a pretty big distinction, uh, a distinction there, but giving yourself a clear path, not having, cause think about it. Like if you have a guy who, if they're playing against each other and you have a guy who wins a hole, uh, well, your other golfers losing points on that one. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of scary stuff. Early in the week, I thought Harmon would be sneaky, but seems like a lot of people are on him. Is there a group you're avoiding or would you prefer another from this group? I actually like all the guys in that group. So Harmon is in 15. The only guy that I think is probably not the play is answer, but they're all quite reasonably priced. I think, and, and not that answer is not the play. I think it's just a tough, a tough group for the headliner because Webb Simpson's looking healthier, looking, looking better. And then Harmon and Bubba have been great in match play formats and they can make a lot of noise. So I'm, I'm quite, uh, I'm quite optimistic about group 15. There's a lot of guys that I like there. All right. Uh, I've actually gotten, I believe to the end of the questions. Let me go back. Cause sometimes I do skip some when there's a lot of, uh, similar comments. So let me see if there is something that I can deep dive into, or we can all get to lunch early. Let me just see here. Oh boy. Well, okay. I'll give us another minute to any other questions that are going to come in. But what I will remind you is uh, the bracket challenge. Remember this thing starts on Wednesday. Okay. So Wednesday is when this bracket challenge is going to go off. We are Oh my God. Could you imagine if we could, if we could be the highest or the largest league in general? So right now we're the largest private league by a mile. We're like four times bigger than the next private league, but we're almost to the largest league in general, even including the publics. That's amazing. So if you want to join this, there's a link in the description. The password is tiger join us. And, um, there's prizes. The bracket that I've been showing you this whole time, it is available in the link below. You can copy it. You can see the prizes for the uh, bracket challenge. And actually, I need to add in um, our amount plus. Thanks to my guys over at CBS for that. So I'll add that into the prizes. Um, and then, of course, join us tonight for the Jock Market DF or the Jock Market Power Hour. Okay, let's see what we got here. A couple more questions. Parker says, I wonder how people don't build optimally. And then I see some of these chats, <laughs> uh, any Corrales bets. The only one that I put in right now is uh, Kramer Hickok. So Corrales is also what prize picks is doing. So if you missed the scramble this morning, there were four props that we gave out Andy and I for, um, for Corrales as well. Top three individual matchups to bet for this week. Um, yeah, so I want to wait and see until we get one round of, of matches in play, but like, I, I want to see what Keith Mitchell's numbers are going to be. I think Keith Mitchell could play big time spoiler out of group four. I want to see what, uh, Lucas Herbert, not Herbert's number is going to be on like Tony Finau. Like that's kind of interesting to me. And then I want to see like Hughes versus DJ or something or something like that. Oh, now I got questions. 
are you only staying away from Scotty because he's going to be highly owned? He's one of the hottest players right now. Um, and he's probably got a pretty good chance to win. No. Okay. So you're at, you're, you're dead on. Here's the problems that I have with, with Scotty. He's one. Yes. He's going to be highly owned Two, This group is horrible. It's a horrible group to come out of Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Ian Poulter. Um, if he gets out of that group, tw- you know, group 12 is fine. It's just so hard to to run in this thing deep twice in a row. Uh, or, you know, there's just so much volatility that even the best players remember John Ron was the only headliner to make it out of his group last year. It's just hard to do. So anytime you're giving me a high owned guy in a tough group, I'm not going to be all that excited about it. He's still, yes, maybe the hottest player on the planet. Yes. He still finished runner up last year. Uh, all of that stuff is still true. I, it's just a different year. All right. Getting some similar questions. So I think I'm, we might be towards the end here. Would you recommend building a bracket and then seeing if it fits in DK salary? Yeah, I guess you could do that. Any changes to your choice of which was group of death? I'm going to say, actually, I, I actually want to do the math on this. So what I'm going to do, I have a, I have a run good rundown, a newsletter that I send out every week. This has been a short week, so I'm still looking to get it out this afternoon. Um, I'm going to run the numbers on which of these groups is actually the best altogether. I bet you it's going to be number 10. I bet you group 10 is going to be the best. Would be cool to see the bracket broke down in the same way you broke down the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Tyler, that's really smart. How could I do that? So if I would need, I would need to use the projected ownership, which I have, and I would need to have the odds of them advancing into each stage, which I don't, I have the odds of them getting out of the group. And I guess I have the odds of them winning it all. It's pretty smart, Tyler. Maybe, maybe in other years, do you give Hatton a chance at all? Yeah. Big time. Like the way he sets up. Um, Homa or Neiman for one and done, which would be more chalky. I don't think either of them are going to be all that popular. I think you're safe on either one of those. Question about a nickname here. I get that name via experience. <laughs> I can't say it out loud, though. Uh, all right. All right. I think we're at the end here. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to put a pin in this. We're all going to go eat lunch. We're all going to go find a dog, pet its belly. Here's what's going to happen. The Jock Market Power Hour is still Wednesday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I'll be on VEASAN tonight if anybody's going to watch. I think it's at like 9 or 9.15 Eastern. Check that out. We'll talk about match play. Uh, join up for the bracket challenge, sign up at jock market, use the code Rick, just all the things. This is such a, it's such a fun week. It's amazing stuff. I love it. I hope that you guys find success. I hope you use the lineup optimizer to build a lot of really great lineups and I wish you the best of luck. I'll talk to you soon.